0: Welcome to the Kevin and Fred show. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman. And along with my business partner, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast where we highlight some of the best and brightest in the real estate industry, along with a weekly segment called industry headlines. We are a proud member of the industry syndicate family of real estate podcast. And we are so glad that you are listening and tuning in today. And we hope you enjoy our show. All right, guys, we are back with the Kevin and Fred show. And today I'm joined by uh, Greg Sugarman. Greg, how's it going, man?
1: It is going extraordinarily well. Thank you so much for having me. How are
0: you doing? Yeah, my pleasure, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here and taking the time out of your schedule. I know it's busy.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked to be here. I really am. Looking forward to this.
0: Well, first of all, I got to say, so uh, not that this matters, she is my first doing my first podcast standing up. Just got a r- <laughs> riser for my desk, so if I feel a little bit off, I am. Uh, but trying to get used to this. But uh, I like the idea of being able to stand up and feels a little more energetic for me. But at any rate, Greg. So. Number one, I, I think I told you this over email when, when you had reached out, I get pitched constantly on someone, why they should be on my show or, or oftentimes it's from, I guess, for lack of a better word, an agents or a booking company, right. To book people. And I, I rarely say yes, it's, it's, it might be 10% of the time that I say yes, if that. Um, but when I read your email, which I, first of all, I liked that it was you. Um, not hey, my client so and so loves your show. Where I know they don't really know anything about it, right? Um, but even if you even if you hadn't watched the the episodes you referenced, the just kind of the way you approached is why I think I'd be a good guest on your show. It's like I like that. Like it really. I read them all. I only respond to maybe twenty percent of them, and and because I get so many, and maybe ten percent, but it's probably not even that high. I actually, eventually invite to to be a guest on the show because I really like to pick the brains of number one people I know, uh, and people that are high performers and you just stuck out as like, I like that guy in one email. So number one, uh, I'm excited to have this conversation like very selfishly. So thanks for taking the time out.
1: Yeah, cool. Thank you. And I know know exactly what you mean. And it's like, I get them as well. I did like a mindset podcast for a while. And I would have people reaching out to me agencies as well. And they would be like, you know, my client is teaching women to sew baskets in Malaysia. And I'm like, dude, I'm a mindset coach. Why, why, why are we doing this? But yeah, I, you know, I I like to take time and kind of go through a bunch of episodes and see if I feel like I would be a good fit and if I could actually add value. So uh, thank you for saying that. I appreciate
0: it. Absolutely. So we're obviously we're going to camp out a lot on kind of mindset. And with something that we talked a little bit about earlier, your stars framework, and just kind of helping people be better leaders and and better, uh, just better at what they do, period, right. But before we do that, why don't like tell who is Greg? and, And how did you get to be Greg, if you will, like, let's let's maybe go backwards, starting your professional career, where'd you start and kind of what led you up to, to doing what you do today, and then maybe take a minute or two to explain exactly what it is you do today.
1: Yeah, cool. So, uh, I've been coaching, uh, a ra- I think about seven years and, wow. uh, there was a whole thing that led into it. I'm not going to get too woo woo on you, but it was a very kind of cool confluence of events that led me to that point. Uh, and then here's the cliche of all times, went to a Tony Robbins seminar and then just kind of got like, a, yeah, right. Like just got oh, like dope like literal spiritual awakening. It was kind of cool. And, um, That path became kind of open to me then, and I kind of jumped in. And for a long time, you know, I was a life coach, mindset coach, calling myself. It was kind of a very general thing uh, in that time. However, a cool thing is, for whatever reason, entrepreneurs always seemed to seek me out. Like, you know, I put out content, and entrepreneurs of all kinds were reaching out to me, guys that, you know, owned sign-making companies, people in the auto industry, people that were restaurant owners. So I kind of got inside a lot of different businesses and the struggles, uh, struggles, rather the challenges that all these business owners were facing. Um, fast forward to about two years ago, uh, a buddy of mine, I reached out to a buddy of mine, uh, Eugene Litback, who owns uh, really a top, one of the top producing teams at Compass in New York City. And we were kind of having a conversation. We're going back and forth. So well, why don't you, you know, coach my agents? Let's, let's coach my team and let's see where that goes. So now this was the first time that I had the chance to coach a bunch of people in the same industry. You know, it was kind of focused on people doing one thing. Uh, and these are all high performing guys and girls. And, you know, I got into that and it's just something that started growing from there. And then I kind of, I really enjoyed doing it. You know, I, one thing I've learned about you guys in the real estate industry you guys are some crazy cats. You you're definitely a unique breed, but you know I kind of enjoyed doing it. I really, really did, and I just kind of expanded my business. I started growing, and you know I just became this kind of coach for real estate agents. Now I always tell people I am not a real estate coach. You know I've had people on the phone say, you know, how can I go about getting more listings on the Upper East Side of Manhattan? I'm like, man, I don't know, but but I'll put you in the best position to do so, so you can figure out how to get that done. Yeah. So yeah, I'm- not a real estate coach, but a coach for real estate agents.
0: Yeah, I love that. So I guess maybe, maybe let's just start to kind of define that. Like, what, why is it that you're a coach for real estate agents? Why? how can, how is it you can be effective? Maybe that's the better question. How is it that you're able to be effective with your clients that are real estate agents, even though you're not a quote unquote real estate coach?
1: Yeah. I think that actually gives uh, me and, you know, forget me, it gives my clients it's an advantage because I'm not necessarily in the day to day trenches with them. I'm not just looking at that world through one lens. Do you know what I mean? So, Mm I bring, uh, the experience of having worked with so many different successful entrepreneurs in so many different industries to bear. And over time, over the last few years, you know, I've learned about that business. And, you know, a funny thing is you start to see that people have the same challenges, the same struggles across all businesses. Everybody is too busy. Everybody has trouble managing their time. Everybody procrastinates. Uh, everybody is in reaction mode too often. So many people are looking for systems in place so that, you know, put systems in place so they, they get some structure throughout their day. Um, yeah, so it, it is kind of a very similar pattern that I see with a lot of these people. So yeah, that's that's what I'm able to offer.
0: That's awesome. So let's. Let, one of my things, and I noticed it was kind of one of the topics you're passionate about too, was in real estate we've got. Um, so we're, I'm not going to talk about the agents that not that's not busy that doesn't know how to get business, but let's. Uh, so many agents I know that are that are productive on on some level or another just feel like they just don't have time, like they they're doing, they're basically just running all the time, right. And they're not really sure which way is coming from what their business is usually inconsistent, because of it, you know, sort of goes up and down, because their activities tend to be reactive instead of proactive. Um, how do you start to help people? And kind of what's your mindset or maybe even framework for helping someone with that?
1: Yeah, you know, there there is a quote that is just so incredible. It was, it was almost like this quote was was written decades ago, specifically for your business, it's President Eisenhower, Do you know, this quote, he said, I have two kinds of problems, the urgent and the important, the important are never urgent and the urgent are never important. And what I see a lot of are people that are getting very busy with things that are not the highest, you know, leverage highest dollar leverage activities in their business. So, you know, they will wake up and first thing in the morning, they will bury themselves in their email. And so now they're automatically reacting to everything else that's coming, like all the incoming, they're just reacting to that stuff instead of setting the stage for a proactive day. So it's about prioritizing. It's about making sure that you know what the most important things you have to do that day are the most important things that week are, you know, they're called MIT's most important tasks and scheduling those things to make sure you are doing those things Preferably early in the morning when you have the highest cognitive kind of power going on there. Um, But you'd be surprised. I'll ask agents all the time, "Show me your calendar." I'll do these calls on Zoom. Show me your calendar. I'll first ask them, "What is your the priorities for your business?" Right? Like, what are the highest priorities for your business? And I'll say, "Oh, you know, I I really want to be reaching out more to my warm leads and and nurturing those leads. I want to be doing a lot more prospecting." And I'll be like, "Okay, cool. Show me your calendar. Nowhere to be found." nowhere to be found. It's emails, I'm running on showings, I'm doing this, you know, I'm chasing every rental in the world, no matter where it is, or how much it's for, just because it's like low hanging fruit, and they don't want all these small wins. So it's really about getting clear and getting priorities in place. And then mapping these things out. These are the most important things in my business and making sure that you're doing them day yep. after day after day, or as often as possible, at least, uh,
0: you know, I was gonna say that seems to be like the kind of the next hard, hard spot for most agents that I've seen and, and ever spoke with. And, even experience myself is okay, like I've got this idea of what my calendar should look like based on, I use the term MITs or, or for me, I would say like, you know, big rocks or, 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 you know, my, 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 my highest priority activities, but then actually doing them once they're in the calendar or making sure they get done at that time. What are some of those roadblocks that you see most common with people? And it doesn't necessarily need to be just in real estate since you've worked with so many other different entrepreneurs. And then how does, how does somebody really work to get past that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, Again, those are the things that are never going to be screaming for their attention. They're never going to seem like they're on fire saying, pay attention, you know, take care of this now. They're the, the most important things, but they're never going to feel urgent. So it's about really getting clear on what those tasks are and what those tasks can do for you if executed consistently. So I'm working with a client right now who had, um, Two things that he wanted to do, send out a hiring email because he knows he's got to get more people on his team. Okay. he procrastinating on that forever. And uh, the second thing he want, needed to be doing was spending more time nurturing his warm leads, really kind of cultivating that area of his business. Now, what I did with him was like, okay, what happens if you do this? If you were spending, how much time are you spending now with your warm leads a day? Not much at all. He's reacting to everything. He's reacting to everything. Okay, so an hour a day, every day, what would happen? And we worked that kind of out. And he came to the number... $40,000 a year, an extra $40,000, 40,000 GC on business, right? Okay, cool. So now when you're looking at this thing, you have another way of looking at it. This isn't just another task. This is $40,000. And you get into what would you do if you made an additional $40,000 this year? I might take a vacation. I'd put a lot more money into my retirement account. I'd put money into savings. Okay, cool. Now this is a real thing. Now that thing is not just something I should be doing. Now it represents something real, something tangible, something that you can get excited about.
0: Yeah, so so that, okay, that's great. Because that, that was going to be my question. Is it, is it that they haven't, we haven't connected what that result is of doing the important thing versus the urgent thing. And so therefore it's easier just to, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Right. So is, is that the case is we're just not aware or maybe, maybe it's not an awareness thing. I'm wondering if it's more of a subconscious level, like maybe we don't actually totally believe it yet that doing those important, but not urgent things are actually the most important thing to do. When you've got a hundred things coming at you all at once.
1: Right. Right. Sorry to interrupt you there. Um, Well, they're the things that are not going to show up in a dollar amount right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can, it's like, you can, you can make an investment in Amazon. Maybe you don't want to do it today, but maybe if you're doing that a few years ago, you want to make an investment in Amazon. Okay, cool. You want to put 10 grand in Amazon. Awesome. How much are you going to make tomorrow? I I don't know. I'm not doing this for tomorrow. I'm doing this for the next 10 or 15 years. Okay, exactly right. That's what you're doing here. So it's about kind of drawing those similarities and showing people what you're doing is investing in your business. and. Another dude I work with, you know, his goal is he wants to make $350,000 a year. That is his goal and do all the work to get him there. And he keeps getting caught up and kind of, he's got, a, he's got a balancing act going on where he will do the higher leverage things, but then slide back into the things that are kind of calling for his attention every day. And we're working to get him from one end to the other. And, you know, we, we had a call the other day and it was like, you're not gonna make $350,000 a year because you are the best paperwork guy. <sighs> you're the best guy sending out applications. That's not, that's not why you're gonna make that money. You're going to make that, that kind of money because you're bringing in high dollar deals. You're hanging out with those people. You're nurturing those leads. That's what's gonna get you that money, not being the best admin. So it's about yeah. constantly kind of teasing these things out and showing them because listen, I get it, especially here in New York City, the agents I work with that are here, it's crazy, man. It, the amount of incoming and Slack and texts and emails and phone calls and meetings and Zoom, it's like it's nonstop. And there's all that stuff that's always screaming for their attention. And if you're not disciplined and intentional and proactive, you're just going to let your attention go there. And you're just going to pay attention to the stuff that's screaming
0: for your attention. Yeah, it's kind of easy. It's sort of like default. You don't have to think about it at that point. You don't have to let any sort of, there's no willpower required or there's no sort of um, you can just pure go go by pure default, which is which is quite frankly, it's the easier way. It turns out to be the harder way in the long run, but it's it's the easier choice in the moment for sure.
1: And that's why they feel and it makes you feel like I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. You know, the and and you'd have a lot more experience at this than I I do, uh, doing what you do. But I've noticed that the agents that reach a certain level, they start to get up into the 150, 250. Now they're climbing, they're going even higher than that. People think they're doing all this extra stuff. They're actually doing less. They're, they've learned to say no. They've learned like, hey, and this is a very, you guys got to follow along. You're watching this or listening to this because this is actually very complicated. They say, hey, this stuff makes me money. This stuff doesn't. I'm going to do more of the stuff that's making me money. And I'm going to yeah. stop saying yes to all the stuff that's not, that, that that's not making me money. And it's kind of as simple as that. And it sounds silly. and I know no, we're making a joke, but it's really, it really is that.
0: It, I mean, it, it really is. And it's so easy to get caught up and yeah, but I've got to be the one to do this or this other stuff's important and stuff and yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, especially if you've got, if you're dealing with someone who's intelligent and they're really good at rationalizing, right? Uh, as to why something's so important. But yeah, the, the reality is, you know, there was someone shared a story with me one time about Steve Jobs when he came back to be the CEO of, of Apple. One of the first things uh, that he did was effectively just started saying no to all these different projects and things that they had that were sort of pitched or, go, you know, going to be possible projects or maybe might have already been in progress there and ended up narrowing in on the iPod. And I don't think anybody, you don't have to be a genius to understand how that has completely changed the game for the world and, and, and especially for Apple when you look at them as, you know, the most valuable company in the world. Um, you know, and, but it was really about all the things that, that Steve Jobs said no to. And it's so much less, like I got another buddy, Ronnie, who always says, you know, success is started with a yes, but it's maintained only and built with no's. Oh, I love that. that. Yeah. So you could, you could start it. You got to say yes to an opportunity, right? And then there's all of the things that you have to say no to from that point forward to maintain and, or grow an opportunity or, or, or a business. And I, I feel like that is something that is, uh, it's a challenge for us as human beings, you know, is my been my experience.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really glad you said that. I had never heard that quote before and that's awesome. And you know, you mentioned intelligent people too. Like, it's almost like ambitious, intelligent people. We're the worst, we're the absolute yeah. worst because it's like, I could do it. I got it, I'll take care of it. I'm, I, I'm gonna do, every, like you said, I'm gonna do everything. It's because no one could do it better than I can. Yeah. So I'm gonna take care of it. And now you're up until 2.30 in the morning doing paperwork.
0: Yeah, uh, I you think, know what I mean. You oh yeah, you're rolling Wait, out of bed
1: at eight o'clock in the morning because you can't get up early and you're just working immediately. Yeah,
0: and nobody nobody wants to. do, that. I think one of the things that's helped me helped me so much is my realization that like I was really like a C student, C plus maybe B if I could pay attention for any longer period of time. And I'm aware of it, and so I have no problem letting somebody else do something because I just don't want to do it right. Oh, and I know that I'm not the best person to do it, and it's not productive. Um, And I think just that leverage, number one, in letting go to allow the systems that we have and or the people help that we have in our in our world take over, as well as just being really focused on knowing what we are great at, we might be good at a lot of things, but what we're great at that's like you said earlier, like that's where we've got to go pour more of our time and attention to. It's about actually doing fewer things, not more things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've got a buddy of mine who's a very successful uh, coach in the fitness realm. And he, are you familiar with this thing called the Genius Network?
0: Dude, you're not, you're going to laugh, Greg. The Genius Network. I love it. Joe's office is about 250 feet from me. I'm looking at it right now. Joe Polish, the owner and I literally park next to each other every day. Get out of here. When I asked you (laughs) For those of you who don't know, like offline, I asked I, I asked Greg, I wanted to clarify how to pronounce his last name. When I asked you that, um, and I only, I don't really, I don't know Joe Sugarman, but I was introduced to him from Joe Polish the first time, you know, so I literally, I just got lucky Funny. and my business partner, I literally bought the building next door to Joe Polish and the Genius Network. And I was a member for a couple of years. So that's a long way of saying, yes, I'm very familiar with the Genius Network. <laughs>
1: life is funny man so he told me about his time there and he said you know there there was you're in this room and i'm a pretty successful guy but now you're in a room with billionaires and he said the lesson was that i took he took away was that these guys they don't do anything they do a couple of things and that's their entire day and they let other people do the things that they're good at so they can focus on the things that they are the best in the world at i'm gonna do these are the two or three things i do now i'm sure everybody's different, but the lesson is there, the lesson is kind of the same.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's not that many people that are like super genius, you know, there's there's only there's only what Elon Musk, right? And Jeff Bay, like there's only a few people who I think probably do way more and are effective at it than than most people. But when you look at, I'm gonna call it the average big business owner, if you will, or very successful entrepreneur, that's that's no doubt that's an overwhelming theme too. Um, and I'll tell you the other thing that I learned in a couple of years at the Genius Network is a lot of people that didn't take that path, that but were still very successful. My experience was was the overwhelming majority of them were now spending their time, whether it be you know in fifties, sixties, whatever of their life, really trying to win back some of the relationship and health and things that that they damaged while they were building because they couldn't do things like. Um, be really crazy productive and just focus in on, on the most vital and important things versus trying to control everything and do it all and be it all. Right. And so that to me, that's, when I look at, you know, some of the things that you talk about and coach to like, um, uh, like how to get more done without basically without working 24 seven, I think that's not just important for your business. Like that's going to, yeah, that, that will help your business grow. But the other thing here is I think what it does for us mentally and emotionally and and spiritually and physically as a person like that we can't even measure those that impact and it's probably even greater than what it does for our business
1: yeah 100 percent. and quite frankly i've never understood people that talk about like i don't know what a work-life balance is i don't know what that means like you're the entrepreneur is the business it's your life you're the person you're working in the business on the business there's no difference so when you're doing things as a person to make yourself feel good any kind of self-care things if you're exercising you're eating right you're drinking a lot of water you're getting your sleep you show up better you feel better you're a better entrepreneur you're better in your business you're better around your family you're better around your girlfriend boyfriend wife husband whatever your relationships are better you feel even better you're more confident in the way you approach your business so it's all Connected to me. Yeah. I, I never that when people say work life balance, I don't I'm not quite sure what it means.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's um there, well, you know, so we talked about this a lot in Genius Network. It's like uh the one, maybe not the only one, but one of the socially acceptable addictions in in our society is work. Like yeah. you, you're you oh, it's like, oh yeah, he works a lot or she works a lot. Yeah, she just really cares about it. And but the reality is like that's a very like that's not a great quality to have. Um that's not going to help you in most most situations in your relationships, uh, you know, and, and in your life overall might, you know, help you work a lot and maybe make a lot of money. But we, I think we all know a lot of people that have ended up with a lot of money, but they're, you know, extremely unhappy and, you know, not healthy and things like that. I know I've, I've met my fair share of people. So, yeah, I agree. There's not the word balance. You know, one of my early mentors always called it counterbalance because there's, there's really no like even balance. You're just, there's just times where you're going to have to be, you know, more on one side than, than the other, but it's about taking care of you. Yeah. As a whole. Yeah.
1: There's nothing worse than like a, like a miserable dude in a Ferrari. It's like, what what are you so upset about, man? Come on, like enjoy yeah. yourself. Yep. It's funny. I talk to agents all the time. And like, I think the term, the phrase rather build a business, I think people miss the build part. Like you can build it. You can create this thing. To work within the lifestyle that you want to build. So the building part is something that you're, you should be doing intentionally. How, what do you want your life to be like? You know, okay, build your business around that. Don't build yourself a prison. Don't build yourself a business where you got to work 20 hours a day, because then what's the point? Maybe you'll make a bunch of money. Maybe you won't, but you're not going to have anything else other than that.
0: Yeah. It's funny. You use the word prison. I, I often will say like, you know, the person doesn't, so-and-so doesn't have a business. They have a trap. Um, because you know, they haven't, they haven't narrowed in on, on, on those things. One of the, one of the classes I've taught, uh, that my business partner and I had put together a few years ago is just kind of around building a team, really taking your real estate business from a solo practitioner into more of a business. And we always start with kind of like the important, some of the important questions, like, why am I doing this? Does, do I want to make more money? Do I want more time back? Is it, you know, things like that. Um, and because the, the realities is if you're not really clear on why it's, again, it's kind of like going back to your, your day, you're just doing whatever's in front of you instead of what's most important to you. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Agreed.
0: I, I think, you know, one of the topics too, that we, that, that uh, that I know you're passionate about is pe- like Pearson's law, right? So what, what's measured improves, uh, and when you, when you improve it, I should say, which is measured can then improve. Tell me, like, talk to me more about that. Why is that important to you? And how do you think that um, applies to to real estate agents? Because I think a lot of us, there's some people that measure what we what we do or my experience, it's, it's measure nothing or measure way too much. So mm-hmm. like, what are your thoughts and experiences on that?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, I learned about this just before I knew what Pearson's Law was. I just kind of, I was one of these guys that in my, I guess, early 30s, um, I had put on a whole bunch of weight, I was I was partying pretty good, and I was about, I don't know, 38, something like that, I think, heavier, 30 pounds heavier, 38 pounds heavier than I am right now, and I was one of these guys that would always try to wear, every January, New Year's resolutions, I'm going to do it, I'm going to work out, I'm going to join a gym, here's my money, okay, I go for like four days, and then like five days, and that was it, and then I'll try it again next month, I'll try it again in two months, Never happened. It just never happened. I must have had, I don't know how much money I spent in gym memberships that I didn't use, right? But that's a typical story. You hear it all the time. A lot of us have been there. And and finally, after doing this for years, I was like, I got to get this under control. I just have to get this under control. And what I did is I said, All right, I'm doing this the same way. It's not working. How can I do this completely differently? And what I did was I started doing it so in such small increments right? I said, okay, this week, I'm going to go to the gym two times a week for 15 minutes. I'm not going to touch a weight. I'm just going to stretch. I'm just going to get there. And I'm going to consider that a win. And I'm going to write this down on a calendar. Check it off. Here I did. I did it. I did it. And then the next week I did the same thing. I mean, I, I went about this really slowly week after that. I put in a little more time a week after that. Maybe I added some body weight stuff slowly added in the weights. I was holding myself back intentionally. And I was tracking all of this as I went. And because I set it up so small, it was like too small to fail. I wound up with a habit. I didn't know. It wasn't like I was grinding at the gym every day. I was just going. That was like just going is what built the habit. And when you have a habit that's built, it's much easier to build upon it than to build something from scratch. Because I found that what most people get wrong about habits is they try to do way too much, way too fast. And that's what I would do. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to go to the gym nine days a week. I'm going to eat ice chips. That's all I'm going to eat. Like, I'm really going to go, I'm going to hit it so hard. And then you just burn yourself out and it doesn't work. And there are reasons why your brain, you know, goes against that and doesn't let that work. But as I started tracking and as I got into a habit that lasted, you know, A year, two years, three, four, I literally used to keep a stack the calendar was like thick thick it was growing and just to have this thing. It was something else to be accountable to other than myself. It was like it was all about the calendar I had to mark that thing in the calendar that I went so it just kind of took me outside of myself and then I learned that this is an actual thing that people do and tracking really is an important thing and with my clients you know, uh, just even tracking can be even an accountability piece where they have to report back to me by text message at night. All right. Did you do what you set out to do? Yes, I did. Okay. So that's, that's that accountability tracking. It just, it does something to the human brain that just gives you makes proceeding rather much easier. So, yeah. And I know what you mean though, because I know people, I know agents that track everything and I couldn't be that guy, but there are some things that I do track and it's kind of worked for me and it works for a lot of people.
0: I I think I'm, I'm one of the believers of, uh, tracking is important and also being really clear on what moves the most, right? Like what has the most leverage in your goal or your life or, or whatever, like that's where, that's where you spend, spend the time tracking. Um, you know, you, you, you were kind of, you referenced habits and kind of building. I love that. Um, I know you got something called the stars framework, which I'd love to, you know, have you share about here in a moment, but it reminds me, I've got a friend who always says, um, you know, tiny hinges swing big doors. And it's just it's those little steps. Like when you talked about going to the gym for 15 minutes and just stretching, and just doing it twice. Um, for most people, my um, I think they go, that's stupid. Why? Why would I bother? Right? Like I'm going seven days this week, and I'm gonna be there for two hours. And of course, it's so unrealistic. But the power in having making and having made a commitment to doing that twice for only 15 minutes again. So I think you said so small or so tiny, you literally can't fail at it. Um, like that's important. Like, I mean, that is so valuable what that does for us mentally, what it does in building that habit. Um, so talk to me about the stars framework. And I mean, is that something you came up with? And, and how do you help people implement that into their lives and business?
1: Yeah, cool. First of all, tiny hinges swing big door is one of my favorite quote I mean it's it's brilliant and it's one of these yeah. things that it's not just it doesn't just sound cool. It's true you can live your life by that one quote alone. Yeah, amazing. Totally. Um, so the stars framework is uh, it stands for stars is uh, small, tiny, and really simple and it gets back to what I was talking about when it comes to the gym. Um, basically what it is, is habits are a force of nature. If you think of all the habits you have in place in your daily life right now, whether that's what time you wake up, what you eat in the morning, uh, when you make your coffee, when you do this, this you know, if you watch this show at a certain time, everything, habits are things that you execute on automatically. And the great thing about habits, when you learn to put them strategically and intentionally into your business, is that when you have a habit in place, You don't have to rely on your willpower. You don't have to rely on your discipline. Because look, we all can't be Navy SEALs, right? I love reading all those books, Goggins and Jocko Willing. I love that stuff. I'm not a Navy SEAL. I don't, whatever it is that they have, God bless them. I'm happy they have that thing. I'm with you, brother. But I don't have that thing. So you can use your willpower to a certain extent. You can use your discipline to a certain extent, but like, you know, if you've ever tried to eat healthy and you're like, you have a great breakfast and lunch and you're drinking a lot of water and you're doing great and you're doing great. And then you're like, I'm just gonna have a bunch of cheeseburgers right now. It's like to maintain that it's a finite resource unless like, again, unless you're one of those guys. So when you put habits in place, you circumvent all that. You don't have to rely on your willpower, your discipline because you're executing automatically. So when you... Put something in place that's so small. You know, again, we spoke about intelligent and ambitious people. Ambitious people want to do everything all at once. I Just It's okay. Don't give me this small step. Give me everything. And you give them everything and it doesn't work. It doesn't work again. It doesn't work again. All right, give me the small step. Let's try it your way. And so an example would be agents that want to make a lot more phone calls. They're just not hitting the phones people get hung up on it. I feel like I'm pushing a service. I'm not comfortable. What if somebody says F you, which rarely happens. And when they do say F you, it's a really funny story. So I don't know why anyone's afraid of it in the first place. Right. The, the antidote to that is if you put something in place that's small, tiny, and really simple. I said, okay, what I want you to do is tomorrow make one phone call. Well, that's not going to do anything. No, no, you're right. It's not going to do anything. It's not the point. Make one phone call. Okay. I'll do it. And if make it even simpler, if someone doesn't pick up, That you made the phone call you get the answer you've made the phone call you don't even have to leave the message just get into the habit of making the phone call do that for a week or two a couple weeks go by make two phone calls and what's happening is your brain wants to fight against anything that's new your brain looks at things if something is new right your brain's literal job is is that you survive that you're alive the oldest part of your brain your brain stem we talk about reptilian brain all that fun stuff It doesn't care what your GCI is. It doesn't care how many deals you close. It doesn't care if you're happy or horny or wealthy or poor. It doesn't, it cares about that your heart's beating and you're breathing. That's all it cares about. So when there's something new thrown into the mix, you're like, I'm going to make a bunch of phone calls. Your brain's like, well, wait, wait a second. Now, this is new. If it's new, it's unfamiliar to me. If it's unfamiliar, it's risky. If it's risky, it's unsafe. Therefore your brain literally thinks those phone calls are a threat to its survival, right? Because your brain is brilliant. It's also kind of stupid because it's caught up in something that was going on hundreds of thousands of years ago. That's from an evolutionary standpoint, that's where it is. And so it's going to fight you on it. However, if you do the one phone call a day, increase it to two, three weeks later, increase it to three. What's happening is, that part of your brain, you're kind of, if you were robbing a bank, you're you're getting in under the alarms, you're sneaking in under all that stuff. And the cool thing about your brain is it's very difficult to put a new habit into place. However, once that new habit is in place, it's very difficult to break that habit. It's once it's a habit, it's a habit. So it's about establishing the habit, small, tiny, and really simple. So whatever it is in your business that you're looking to put a habit into place, you know, identify what that thing is. What is something that is a tiny hinge that's going to swing a big old door, making, making a lot of phone calls, you know, making phone calls rather would be an example of that. Spending time nurturing warm leads would be an example of that. Everybody knows what it is for their business. Everyone knows what to do. They just don't do it. That's the trick. That's why guys like me exist. Um, You find out what that thing is and break that goal down, break it down, that habit, make it really small. And once you've got it really small, guess what? It's not small enough. Make it even smaller. And just understand that it's not about making the one phone call. It's about establishing the habit. You're kind of putting your flag down there. And once you have that done, man, it's going to be so much easier to expand on that habit. And yeah, that's small, tiny, and really simple. And guys, it works. And if you're ambitious and if you're intelligent and if you're a go-getter, you're going to say, no, that sounds too simple. That sounds too easy. It is easy. It is simple, but do not let that fool you. Everything doesn't have to be big and complicated and confusing. It really just doesn't.
0: Yeah. I love that. That last sentence right there, especially doesn't have to be big and complicated and confusing. You said something else in there. Uh, actually another friend I know through genius network, Benjamin Hardy. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read any any of his books, but willpower doesn't work. I, yeah. I
1: know him for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah Ben's a, first of all, he's a, a super amazing person, uh, but he's a great author too. Great writer. And uh, that book uh, suit, I could not recommend that anymore. Willpower we'll power doesn't work because it's it's right in line there with what you're talking about there. Like just setting it up so you just can't make it, so you can't fail. I, I love that. In fact, what you what you don't know, Greg, is when you and I are done with this, my next appointment is with um, the the agents on my real estate team here in Phoenix and my business partner, and we are we are starting uh, what we our six week accountability groups which is self-directed. No one's in charge in this group. And what we, the, the premise of this group is we make literally three what we call micro commitments for the week. And it's, it's the super simple. It's the stars framework that you talked about where we're going to make something so small, like this isn't a goal. This is a commitment of something I'm absolutely going to do. Like you gave the great example. I'm going to the gym twice for 15 minutes. I love that because it, it or I'm making one phone call it goes against you know, flies in the face of what everybody's naturally inclined to do, which we know just sets them up for failure, right? And so um, I, I, man, I could not resonate more with with what you're saying. I really appreciate you sharing that stuff with us.
1: Yeah, and I love talking about it. And I love talking about it, because it's made such a massive difference in my life. And again, when you talk about things not having to be big and complicated and confusing, and, and then you talk about Benjamin Hardy and willpower doesn't work. So here's a perfect example. So here's Here's a brilliant, confusing, complicated strategy. I really, really love ice cream. I love it. If I have a pint in the house, I'll eat it. If I have a gallon in the house, I'll eat it. Right? And I know that about myself. So I know I don't have the discipline to have ice cream in the house all the time. So guess what my complicated strategy is? I don't buy the ice cream. No that's kidding. it. I just don't buy the ice cream. Now every once in a while I do, but I know I can't do it all the time because that's just not going to work for me. So yeah. there, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel the need to test my will willpower. I'm going to grow my willpower and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stare that ice cream down, man. I don't need to be bothering with that. No, just don't buy the ice cream. Don't put yourself in a position to fail.
0: You know, to your point about our, how, how unevolved our brains are, um, still trying to protect us really from getting eaten by the lion, uh, from thousands and thousands of years ago. Like if, if our brain, you know, overall, just as human beings, the entire human species hasn't evolved past that yet. Like what makes us think that we're so special we're going to evolve past are, you know, in your case, the the desire to have ice cream, if I have ice cream in the house, I'm like, I'm going to eat it. Right. And so yet we think, well, no, I want this so bad. I'm not going to do it. David Goggins might, and, and, you know, Jocko might, and there are some people like that. And most people uh, probably not so much. And so like, let's, let's get these tiny little habits, um, use the stars framework or the tiny hinges, whatever you relate to it and set ourselves up for more success rather than more failure.
1: Yeah, that's it, man. Just put yourself in a position to succeed. If you're doing things one way and it hasn't worked, you can sit there and go, oh, man, I'm not disciplined. I don't have willpower. I don't want it bad enough. Or you can just get rid of that BS story and change the strategy. You just, whatever it is that you're trying to do, they're just strategies and you're trying things a certain way. It's not working. Just mix it up and try something different. It's as simple as that. It's just, it's just, it's all about keeping it simple. You know, the funny thing is when I was growing up, my father, if the two words I heard him say most were or I guess, no, sorry, that's four <laughs> that's four words. Math was never my thing. Use your common sense, use your common sense, use your common sense. I couldn't, I couldn't take it, I couldn't stand it. However, it worked because it's how I look at everything. Yeah. It's just kind of common sense. If something's not working, don't beat yourself up, just change what you're doing,
0: simple. Yeah, it is. Well, Greg, first of all, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, before we get to my last question, where, where should people, uh, if someone wants to reach out to you or just kind of follow along with your journey, what's the best place for people to do that?
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to be hanging out at your office cause I want to meet Joe Polish. So we can find me there. If, if I'm not there, uh, you can check out my website. It's gregsugarman.com. That's G R E G G S U G E R M A N. I got a real cool on-demand class. You can, uh, Sign up for there. It's absolutely free. It's about getting more done without having to do more for uh, agents. It's exactly what we were talking about here today. It goes more into the Stars framework, more into all that good stuff. So you can definitely find me
0: there. Awesome, man. So I'm going to leave our last our last question with this today. Uh, And by the way, guys, we'll link to to all that stuff for Greg here in the show notes um, that he just mentioned in case you're listening on the go. Um, My last question is going to be because clearly you can see the Tim Ferriss books over your shoulder, and and uh, he's my guy. Um, if you, if you could have a billboard, right. If there's one message you could get out to, to the real estate industry, to real estate professionals, and it was a billboard, everyone's going to drive by, like what's on that billboard.
1: Hmm. And we're just talking about the real estate industry. Yeah. I guess I would say we all have the same 24 hours in a day. We all have that same amount of time. We really all have 24 hours in a day. So when they're all, you know, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Everybody's got that same time. Somebody's figuring out a way to get it done. So if you're not doing it now, I know this billboard is getting real big. So I just. <laughs> that's okay. It's your billboard,
0: man. It's a real can, big it billboard. Can scroll. It can be one of those new digital ones that just scrolls. and it going have big block lettering. It's all Cars good. It's
1: crashing over the side of the road because it's reading too much. But yeah, it's, that's what it would be. That's awesome. all got the same time in the day. So, yeah.
0: And what a man, what a truth that is to, to leave us with, Greg, I appreciate you taking the time out today. I had a lot of fun with this conversation. Looking forward yeah, to uh, connecting with you again.
1: Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much. I, I like thoroughly enjoyed this.
0: Me too. All right, guys, if you like uh, what Greg had to say, give him some love, go follow him, check out his, uh, his, his website and his courses. He's obviously got a lot to offer. And uh, we will talk to you guys again next week. Thanks so much for uh, listening to the Kevin and Fred show. Today's episode is brought to you by Kevin and Fred's community at eXp Realty. Learn why over 1,000 real estate agents joined eXp Realty last week. Join us for an informational webinar this Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Register at intro to eXpRealty.com.